Hello everyone, and welcome back to Biology Bobbles. This is episode four, and today I'm being joined by Jody Grieve, the star photographer of Queen's Journal. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? Yep, that's that's about it for me. That's about it? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no other, you know, flexes you wanna dab no, out there? No, I'm like a school teacher. I kind of don't exist outside of like that one realm. <laughs> okay. Alright, well, um today got you in, in here to talk about these guys. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show you this picture first before I give you anything else to go on. Now just just shoot from the gut. What do you what do you think that is? Um I wanna say a snail. A snail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well I mean that's that's that's, that's reasonably mucusy. Oh yeah, it's it, it is famously mucusy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you zoom out, that'll actually you'll actually realize that that is a freshwater mussel. And a lot of people don't know that there are. Fre- Did you know that there were mussels in in freshwater? Like, I hate to tell you that yes, I do, Thor. All right, well you know what? There's a there's a lot more coming that I that I'm hoping you don't know. Are you aware of how they have their their babies, and what they do? I'm not. Okay, so freshwater mussels uh, are actually really really really. I, I always go nuts over them because uh, freshwater mussels. I'm, I'm going to show you this picture here. Uh, these are this this is a, a, a fish's lung, uh, and these little little specks are like tiny little Pac-Men that are the the freshwater oyster or freshwater mussels larvae. And the way it works is freshwater mussels. They actually have a lure that they stick out of their shell that looks like a fish, mm. just like that that right there. That is actually, in fact, in fact, a lure. It's complete with a tail and eye spot and everything. Uh, that lures bigger fish in uh, so that they can actually sneeze their larva into the fish's gills. Oh. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the larva clamp onto their lungs, suck their blood for about two weeks, which is classic. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, just just right downright neighborly there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then they drop off as as young mussels and they they spread out they're they're super important to the ecosystem um they can a single freshwater mussel can filter about 40 liters of water each day consuming bacteria and algae and leaving behind clearer more habitable water for aquatic species and the growth of underwater vegetation what a nice day yeah what a what a what a nice little what a nice little species mm-hmm. yeah so what taste not good yeah, yeah, no, they're, um, I have a little, I have a little bit of a, a bit of a theory. We are more, in, we are the most interested in species that we can eat or, oh, yeah. Are, yeah, yeah. And for that reason, there are these guys living right underneath our noses, flapping around fake fishes in our lakes and streams, doing the God's work, cleaning out algae. And we don't, we don't, we yeah, don't look twice don't because young. they taste like the people that have tried it describe it as mud flavored latex, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is, you know, it's, it's a delicacy. You can yeah. make that argument. Uh, but then also more refined palate, I guess. Yeah. For the for those who were feeling a little bit adventurous on that mention, I should say it's actually illegal to collect live native mussels in or their shells without a permit from the Ministry of Natural Resources because these guys are on the on the down and down. That's because as you'd expect from filter feeders, they they take all the all the the good, the bad, and the ugly out of the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that can be bacteria and algae, which is their primary food source, but that also includes heavy metals and toxins. But they're actually really interesting in that you can kind of crack them open to see. You know how in in rocks and stuff, you can like cut down into a rock and see the past three million years. And I was like, okay, this part's dark, so it means that it's a there a volcano exploded. Mm-hmm. And th- yeah, and this part's white, so. I don't know, like aliens came down and dumped bleach it, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, oysters in in freshwater particularly do the same thing, where since some of them can live up to 110 years old, if you take some of those older ones and crack them open, you can kind of see all the stuff that they've been sucking up for hundreds of years. Munching. Sorry. Munching. Yeah, all the all the all the toxin they've been munching down on. The the most important 
or most bobble, I'd say, uh, aspect of the freshwater bivalve are definitely their lures. And the degree to which they've evolved to trick fish into coming down and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's... Doing some sexy fish stuff? I mean, I don't know if you saw the same picture I did right here, but if fish stuff had to be sexy... That's like, what you'd... Yeah, no, these these, mm -hmm. these oysters have some, some lips on them. I mean ladies of the lake. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a couple of different different lures. The the most common and most basic one uh, is called the minnow lure. Uh, the females have quote special flaps on its mantle mm -hmm. that resembles a small fish. The minnow or the, the lure? This is the minnow lure. Okay. Oh yeah. okay, the one that yeah. lures minnows. No, it looks like a minnow. I see. Yes. To lure to lure fish yeah. that eat minnows. Oh, okay. Carry yeah, on. no, it it doesn't. To my knowledge, based on what I researched, there are no <laughs> there are no examples of uh, freshwater bivalves using sexual attraction to <laughs> to lure <laughs> to lure over its prey. Well, that's no fun. No, it isn't. But you know what? They this they is have all fun, they have lots of other other ways that uh, make up for it. Yeah. So it waves the lure in the water, uh, and when the fish come and try to eat the supposed minnow. Uh, they get a mouthful of glochidia, which are the, which are the names mm. the names of the uh, the larvae, which are they they essentially look like tiny Pac-Man. It's actually they, they kind of mm. waka waka into the lungs, uh, clamp down from the sneeze. Yep, from the sneeze. Yep, from the oyster sneeze. Uh, and some have even gone so far into their mimicry that the lures have mouths that gape that that open and and shut to and like to to look yeah. like a to look like a real minnow. They have eye spots and mouths that are like you know doing their minnow thing. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 gets it gets crazier. If you're not if you're not outright impressed by that by the fact that an oyster of all things could could imitate like a, create a puppet minnow. Hold on to your hold on to your seat. So the next one I'm going to talk about is the crayfish lure, uh, which is by the rainbow mussel, whose scientific name is Vilosa iris which is a lure so advanced that it actually has created a walking puppet of a crayfish that walks back and forth, complete with legs, imitation feelers, and uh, an eye spot. Mm. Yeah, so would you like to paint a little picture of this this guy? Yeah, as it goes. Yeah. He's just chilling. Oh, no, 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 he, he moves. Oh. Look at that. Oh. Look at that. He's moving around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a little scary. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Mm -hmm. It definitely looks like some some science fiction. Like, I think the problem is this angle, especially since we can, I, I'd like to think we have better eyesight than the average fish. We can see <laughs> that this is a this is like a clam. Ooh. Describe what this is. Yeah, describe paint paint the the listeners. I mean, if I'm being falling honest asleep, with you, or, I mean, yeah. it just turned off by the way. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it kind of like this bit right there looks like a shrimp. So. Yeah, no, it, it, it is called yeah. the crayfish lure, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it is it is designed to imitate a freshwater shrimp. But look at... But as I was going to further say, yes, that sorry. bit looks like a shrimp, but uh -huh. it is very clearly, like, <laughs> connected to... So maybe someone, like a someone, a yeah. fish would assume it's a crayfish being eaten by a <sighs> mussel. I just, I just love how it kind of, like, it, it kind of, like, twitches along, just mm -hmm. like a little, little, yeah. just like a little dainty Fake crawling. Legs, yeah, yeah. Oh man, and I mean to a fish, uh, to the untrained eye of a fish, maybe that shell totally just looks like a rock. Mm -hmm. At least, at least yeah, you know, if yeah. I didn't know outright that that was a freshwater mussel, mm -hmm. I, I I consistently get overwhelmed at how crazy this is mm -hmm. that they that they saw them enough that they were like, that's kind of cute. I kind of want to look like that. 
Yeah, they're posers. Seems they're, like it seems like fish like that. So maybe I'll just kind of. <laughs> you know what? Steal that freshwater look. mussels. You gotta you gotta stop. You gotta stop chasing what the fish want. Yeah. You gotta do something for you. You know that meme. You know what's like, sad? Uh, steal this look, and then steal it gives you look. all the information on yeah. like how much each item costs. Like steal this look, but like I haven't the, seen it. But. Oh, it'll be like it'll be like this is a Kim Kardashian outfit. Uh-huh. Like here's how you can buy all those items from like oh, Urban Outfitters I don't or see whatever. That. that would depress me. But this me. one's like here's a crayfish. Here's how you can like. <laughs> evolve into all those items yeah just get a few legs an eye spot yeah. some uh, some imitation feelers it is a little bit sad that this is called the rainbow mussel velosa mm-hmm. iris and yet you look at it and it's it's kind of gray no there's not a single color on there yeah and the reason for that is these were actually uh almost hunted to extinction in the 1800s before we uh they, they had, there was a really big industry for them because the inside of their shell is like brilliant mother of pearl rainbow mm, which I is see. where the, thus the rainbow iris but you know what why has the outside always looked like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the that's the crayfish lure. Moving on. That one's cute. It is cute. It is cute. The next one is the wet fly and worm lure. Mm. Uh, now, this, this is... It always fascinates me how much nature imitates art. If that's if that I, you can you, you can put a pin in that that term because I hesitate <laughs> okay. to use art for for, swing back for what the, yeah yeah the kidney shell and the fan shell freshwater mussels actually release worm and aquatic insect shaped packs of eggs and larvae called conglutinates that the fish will eat and it's actually it's 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 kind of a cute little symbiosis because most of the eggs and larvae are eaten by the fish oh so the fish gets a, like a good little yeah. snack even though it doesn't taste good. Well, maybe it does. I mean, the, the the fish, if they're presented a conglutinate, will <laughs> conglutinate. Uh, they will eat it up because they know that they're gonna they're gonna get to eat most of mm-hmm. it. And the, you know, the little Pac-Man piggybackers, they don't actually mind. It's actually interesting for something that they is don't so harm them when they suck on their. Actually, blood. no. Okay, so you look you look at a picture like this of the little Pac-Man larvae clinging onto the gills, and I mm-hmm. say. The, the larvae suck the blood, mm-hmm. the oxygenated blood out of the fish, which is true, but it's actually not parasitic. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's riding a fine line because some scientists say, yes, of course, it's taking blood, therefore it's parasitic. Uh, but there have actually been studies done by the University of Oklahoma that show that the presence of freshwater mussels actually prolong the life of largemouth bass, which is a lot of their, um, their freshwater contemporaries even if those muscles specifically target the largemouth bass with their larva mm. yeah, which means that even you know even 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 if the muscles are doing other you know conferring other benefits such as cleaner clearer water to the largemouth bass and like supposedly detracting from from them with the the larva the advantage is conferred by being in an <coughs> environment with those muscles is greater than any any negativity yeah blood sucking yeah and honestly, it's so small, it's, I'd compare it more to like those fish that, that follow along whales and eat their dead skin. Like they're not, they're not using that mm-hmm. blood. They don't need that blood. It's, and honestly, it's, in the, uh, for the boys. in the, uh, 1800s, it used to be a thing that you would like blood let someone. Oh yeah. Sick, so. You know what? We oysters, got rid of that, but. Oysters have, have, have us on a lot of, a lot of fronts. Yeah. You know, they invented basically fashion. They, ba- they, they, they did it <laughs> basically first. Basically fashion. Basically fashion. Fat. Okay. Maybe. Stealing looks. Stealing looks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with an honorable mention to every bird <laughs> ever. Butterflies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't dig too deep into this uh, this, this analogy. analogy. Yeah. No. 
Um, all right, so that that was the uh, wet fly and worm lure. You know, they release a little little care package to their their fish brethren. But this uh, this is taken on with a different different kind of twist by the orange nacre. N-A-C-R-E, the orange nacre muscle, uh, which also releases a conglutinate. Conglutinate. Uh, that looks like a small fish, but it's attached to the parent muscle by a long, transparent mucus strand. So when you first said uh, something like either a snail or something mucusy, mm-hmm. I might immediately jump to this because mussels actually go fishing for fish with snot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is, so they send the Okay, so they, they conglutinate out conglutinate <clears throat> out yep. on the on the mucusy strand mm-hmm. for what purpose? Why do they want to pull it back in? Just you know what? Actually, out. the the wet fly and worm lures because they're completely free floating, if they ever are like, you know, they they wash up into the mud or something where fish can't find them, mm. they don't they're they're not going to reproduce, which is very sad. Whereas if you have a mucus strand, then you're basically guaranteed to, you know, flap this conglutinate about until some fish picks it up. And it's it's to the point of, I mean, conglutin is, is kind of a, a, a small example of sacrifice, of giving up most of the larvae and eggs for, uh, the, for, the, for the success of a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some mussel mothers, some mussel mothers actually completely come out of their shell, such as the freshwater scale shell, specifically to be eaten by a fish and pass their larvae on to the fish. Like um, the whole thing gets... The whole thing. Yeah, they just come out of their shell. And I mean, kudos for them. Yeah. You know, it's 2020. Coming everyone de- everyone deserves to fine. feel safe. Yeah. But in this case, it's specifically so that they can be eaten. Yeah. So they, they themselves, the organism, can be eaten, and they they effectively only reproduce this once. Oh. Which is That's especially sad. risky, because one thing that makes all of this much more intense is that freshwater mussels are so specifically evolved that their larvae, nine times out of ten, are only compatible with one species of fish. Which oh. means that if they put themselves out there, and they they and get they matched find the up, wrong man. they find the wrong man or fish, yeah, it, man gender fish. gender unimportant, gender, yeah, genderless fish. <laughs> They're done. They mm. it was all for naught. Well, no, it wasn't because then the fish got a good meal at least. Well, for them it was all for, for the muscle. Oh, it was yeah, all for, yeah, yeah. They just they just committed the worst worst. So that's the most uh, intense example of that you know sacrifice to for mm-hmm. the greater good Spock Star Trek kind of shit. Um, Sacrificing of the lamb. The what? Carry on. Okay, okay. But there are also the drum roll. Glow in the dark bivalves. <gasps> yeah, there are glow in the dark. Do they make the fish? No. Oh. Because the larvae aren't glow in the dark. It's it's just oh, the bivalves. But worst but Christmas ever. No, this is it, this is about to be the best Christmas ever because if you think eating bivalves that make make the the fish glow in the dark is sick then you're going to love to hear about the common piddock, right? Uh, which is which is called the Folas dactylus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, these bivalves, uh, they're they're kind of they're riding the line of freshwater, so I'm kind of I'm kind of stretching the rules by putting them in here, but they bore into rocks and spend most of uh, about 8 years never leaving, but they have a special compound in them that when it, when it's exposed to certain certain chemicals that are present in in, in humans and most animals, mm. they glow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So this was a thing that that humanity has known for a very long time, going back to the Romans. <laughs> so uh, to quote Roman statesman or uh, statesman Pliny, 
Quote, if the flesh is chewed and held in the mouth, the breath becomes luminous and looks like a real flame. <laughs> so, yeah. So, consequently, uh, it was very popular as a midnight snack and for Roman parties. So, Romans would go out and they'd collect the common piduk. Uh, and then they'd, they'd chew it up and they'd spit it out and they'd, they'd smear each other up in, in oh, glowing clam no, juice. And they'd no, have, no, they'd have no. ancient Roman clam raves. Oh, imagine the scent. <laughs> imagine the scent. I, don't, I feel like with as little showering... Uh, actually, no, the Romans, the Romans had baths. But in this, they were, they were very prolific in the ancient UK. Uh, so there's, there's some possible ties to like, like, you know, shamans and, and how like ancient Irish folk heroes were recorded being able to breathe fire. And but it they turns were just like spitting. It's mad it's clam juice. very possible that they were just chewing clams. Yeah, chewing clams, bud. <laughs> you got a little pocket full of clams, and you're just, I just sitting on the Blarney Stone. That's for the boys, boys. For the boys, chewing clams. Yeah, and he goes on to say, "Quote: These creatures glitter both in the mouth of persons masticating them, and in their hands, and even on the floor and on their clothes when drops fall on them, making it clear beyond all doubt." That their juice possesses a property that we should marvel. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, it is nice, and it's also kind of it, it, it's it's funny to me to think that not only is is a rave like as far as you could rave in the in the Roman times with one guy on the loot, you know, mm-hmm. that's like that's a, an integral that's been an integral part of they didn't have of glow culture. Sense. No, they didn't. Yeah. So they so. they spat clam juice on each other. Yeah. <laughs> the common piduck. Wow. Bit of a uh, bit of an off topic, but I had a birthday party when yep. I was twelve years old, mm-hmm. and my dad bought us glow sticks, and I was trying to crack one, and it mm. wouldn't crack. And I'm really I'm really holding this thing up Uh-oh. to my eye, trying to see why oh, no. it's not cracking, and it like broke, and it shot into my eye, and from blinking oh, a lot, it transferred into both of my eyes. So for like two days straight in the dark, you could see my <laughs> eyes. Got a little. So I kind of I kind of understand. You have why a little twinkle in your eye. Yeah, I kind of understand where they're coming the from with Could that you hole. see in the dark? No. Your eyes were glow in the dark. Could you see in the dark? No. Like if you were in a I'm dark sure if room, I held something up super close like... to my face and the wow. light of my eyes. Okay, well, you heard it here first on Biology Bobbles. Squirt, <laughs> squirt glow sticks or glowing clam juice in your eye. And you can be just like a and Roman. And you can be just like, no, just like an owl. You can you can be a, like a superhero. You can see, you can see everything all Would the time. Would you consider an owl a superhero? Yeah. I mean, in the Greek times, owls were like, owl you know, man. representative of Athena. So like oh, gods. Hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. Hoot. Yeah, um, the, to quote the Field Naturalists Club of Victoria, uh, volume 21, quote, Pliny spoke of luminescence in the mouths of people who ate folas, uh, the rock-boring shellfish, and of, such, and of such importance is this phenomenon that it is said even to have gained the first king of Scotland his throne. And I did oh. a lot of research on this, and I couldn't find anything about like a mythic fire breathing battle of the first king of Scotland uh, that would have been instigated by clam clams juice on the enemies and they were just like this is <laughs> they're like damn disgusting. this guy's no they were like this guy's sick no this guy's enemies, glowing they yeah were like this is gross and then they were like we don't even want okay this but what place. if you people are sick <laughs> Yeah, and then the rest of those sensible people went down to the UK and yeah. founded London. And like all the like chicks, they yeah. were like, "We're coming to get your chicks," but all their chicks had clam breath, and they were like, Damn. "I don't vibe that. Don't vibe your chicks." Well, because it looks, breath. according to the Roman statesman Pliny, it looks like you're breathing fire. So, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my my reasoning is, if uh, the Field Naturalists Club of Victoria, Volume Twenty One, is to be believed, that's that's got to be something to do with the the King of Scotland 
breathing fire and scaring people into thinking he was like part dragon, you know, something like that. Anyway, uh, this this actually goes on to having uh, a little bit more of a scientific. This is uh, this this I, I could talk about Piddock all day, uh, but there's actually a more modern use for this now, aside from just clam raves, which I also researched. Unfortunately, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there are no such there are no such uh, Piddock raves being hosted today. There, to my knowledge, Seems or in like the public domain. Like capital, you have to hop on. Yeah, of. no. If I if I you know got an island near Ibiza. Got some Piddock, got us Piddock farm. Ibiza. Yeah, you know, I would I would pay like 50 euros to do that probably. Spit. But you have to chew it or are they supplying Yeah, you have to chew it. You have to chew it and then you have to slime it all over yourself. And others. Which sounds like something Greece would be into. But, okay. This is actually, this, uh, the compound, uh, which is luciferin, which is related to uh, the, the chemical compound in fireflies that lets them glow, um, which is luf- luciferase. Um this this uh, specific compound, like the it's it's conjugate in freshwater oysters, uh, is being used in the medical field. Uh, so the protein responsible for the light being released is called folacin, uh, which gives off a green blue light when it encounters highly reactive chemicals called free radicals uh, in the blood, which are produced by white blood cells. Mm. Meaning that when you're sick, you'll have a higher white blood blood cell count, uh, and this protein will glow the the your blood will glow brighter the sicker you are with this juice so they've been using it as like a cheap way of testing whether or not people whether or not like uh olympic athletes have high white blood cell counts that would indicate infection so that they can locate the infection and like use antibiotics to, to mm. cut that shit in the bud without having to run a bunch of expensive tests yeah clam juice clam juice clam juice how do they uh administer this clam juice to these oh they just take a blood sample and oh, then okay yeah okay. or like or like a I thought you know they were from like a, from a specific area being really cool and like injecting people with clam juice and then like <laughs> they're like damn this like, guy's which, glowing which part glows Ooh, <laughs> this guy's his radiant. leg is real sick <laughs> i mean maybe honestly like that that's 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 near powers. future clam powers mm-hmm. then you could you could dress up as a crayfish <laughs> convincing that's everyone the, just be walking downtown and everyone being like damn that's a sick crayfish like the uh that scene in spider-man yeah like pointing it oh him. yeah except but you're like, just like a just in a full crayfish <laughs> costume and then you like walk into the bu- like the bar and you like grab mary jane and you spin her around and you, like, <laughs> well, you're a crayfish. Her, that sounds like crayfish. that sounds like um i'm imagining the, the crayfish from the new Rick and Morty episode where everyone's every everyone's crayfish. You haven't seen it? Okay. I haven't seen the new season. Okay, okay. Well, for the for the diehard, tryhard fans out there, Rick and Morty, everybody. Right, diehard, well, tryhard. Now I'm just, yeah, okay. You know what? It, it had a nice alliteration to it. All right. So, of course, uh, this wouldn't be biology bubbles if we didn't talk about how depressing and uh, endangered all of these creatures are. Yay. So you've heard of zebra mussels, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so bastards. they are bastards because they're, they're tiny, uh, and they don't need to hunt native. They don't, they don't need to parasitize native fish species to spread. Mm-hmm. Their larva can just float off. And it's so yeah. long as it latches onto a hard surface, it can just cut do its own crocs. thing. Your crocs? Yeah, they're sharp. And then they cut my crocs. <sighs> yeah, no, I, my earliest memory of hating zebra mussels was at Camp Kawartha. Uh, free shout out, sponsor me. They originally came from uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, but have become prolifically invasive in the rest of the world. And this can be very bad, 
very, very, very bad because mm-hmm. among a ton of a ton of a ton of different things. For one, uh, obviously they compete with the resources of the native species, boohoo. But then also they they don't just compete with them because their larvae will uh, will will latch onto surfaces that are hard enough for, to sustain them. A lot of them actually, the zebra mussels larvae are small enough that they'll latch onto freshwater mussels and use their shells as as their uh, as their site, and then they'll is actually there, they'll like choke out the. Sorry. As their hard surfaces. Yeah, instead of landing on a rock, they'll land on the mussel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they'll grow on a living mussel and like like kill it, choke it, and like no. yeah, break its shell. Yeah, it's uh it's fucked up. Uh, and then also they're razor sharp and taste bad. So mm-hmm. there's Cut no. Cut out my crocs. Yep, there's no winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to to quote a couple numbers, uh, zoologist Karen Vaughn from the University of Oklahoma estimates that about seventy percent of freshwater mussel species are endangered uh, today in North America. Because of the zebra. I actually emailed her, and she wouldn't say if it was seventy, if it was because of the zebra mussels. A lot of it is probably because of the bioaccumulation that mm-hmm. they can just pick up like toxic metals and, and chemicals and stuff that we're gradually putting into the the water stream. And they're soaking it all up. Mm-hmm. Munch, but munch, 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 munch. Don't eat that little mussel. Maybe that's why it doesn't taste good. It's eating bad Maybe. stuff. You are what you eat. I feel like we would have figured out by now whether or not they're um. Whether Let's not- collect a bunch and feed them McDonald's. Let's see what they taste like then. Damn, zebra mussel nuggets. Hot take. The new, the new eco-friendly snack for your children. Yeah, we don't like them anyways. Wait, just eat them. Just put enough salt in them. They're set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Salt but it's spicy. also, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. oysters can filter. They filter water, which can uh, increase the growth of underwater vegetation, which creates habitat for fish and, you know, food for fish, a bunch of other stuff. But zebra mussels, because they have no solid natural predators, really... Um, they can just like clarify everything, like like to a dangerous mm-hmm. point for the ecosystem. So in Lake Erie, water clarity in slower areas, which is perfect for zebra mussels, has increased from six inches to three feet, which is way it it, it allows for way too much submerged aquatic vegetation plants. Mm. Um, and according to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, causes water quality problems, which is probably due to the like too many plants. Some form yeah. of toxin being released. They didn't actually say why, but um, I'll take their word for it. Fuck zebra mussels. Wuck. Wuck. No, zuck. Zuck libra. Zuck, zuck fibra. Zuck, zuck fibra mussels. Yeah. Yeah, zuck yeah. fibra mussels. Thank God we figured that out. Yeah. Yeah, and the, uh, they are powerful bastards. Mm. Um, there was uh, an entire species called the Unionid clams in Lake St. Clair, and... Uh, the western basin of Lake Erie, uh, which are now functionally extinct, uh, which is a word we talked about last episode for the repeat, repeat listeners. And uh, one of the only native predators of zebra mussels, which are the um, the crayfish. Of course, crayfish survive in cloudy, muddy, sandy environments. Which crayfish lure or crayfish? Clay, uh, crayfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the crayfish lure does not actually zebra mussels as convincing as it is yeah it is not a predator it's not like no fully committing no it's 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 just it wants the 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 clout for associating with crayfish but mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't it's not ready to it's not ready to square up yeah so crayfish can eat about five to six zebra mussels a day in about three thousand a year but obviously uh, the survival of a crayfish is dependent on them staying hidden among aquatic vegetation uh, vegetation and in muddy waters which is the exact thing that a zebra mussel prevents. Mm. Yeah. 
So, uh-oh, ecological collapse, everybody. Oh, boys. We just got to farm crayfish and then toss them in the water right where they are. Or, you know what, I, I liked the uh, McDonald's zebrafish idea. The, yeah? The, the McDonald's, yeah. I mean... I mean, they can make t anything taste good. We'll be good. eating bugs I remember in 30 years in, anyways, so why not start with... I'm, I'm hoping to be in the uh, top 5% of people that can afford to eat fish that eat bugs instead of just eating straight bugs. I'm looking forward to the bugs, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ever had a grasshopper? Oh, yeah. Of course Those I had a grasshopper. Chewy. Yeah, you I just like it. Chewy. No, no. They're like crunchy. Crunchy is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah like and they, they taste kind of like, like potatoes. Crunchy, yeah. Exoskeletons of bugs are like chips. And the insides Extra are crispy. like sweet little french fries. Yeah. No. Okay. And maybe that's something we'll talk about. Uh, on biology bubbles at some point but for now that is yeah do you have anything else to add thank you for Tony? having me thank you for coming all right so Call that was me. it that's it it's done Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.